I got our uh, scripture reading this morning comes from Philippians 2, beginning with verse 4. Let each of you not look to your own interest, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be expected, exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Love the energy in the house this morning. We always want to to give thanks to God for God's presence with us. Uh, Thanks for choosing to worship with us today. Whether you're online with us or you're in the house, you are part of the family at Good Shepherd. If this is your first time visiting with us today, you're you're now part of the family, so welcome aboard. Thank you for being here. Uh, We want to uh, take a moment this morning to to wave at each other and to wave at those who are online so that we can feel that family connection as we look across the room and as we're spread out that we know each other are here. Uh, For those of you online, please comment in the comment section. Uh, Leave us your prayer requests so that we may pray for those this week. And if you're in the house, shout it out. God's present today as always. We love hearing from you. Uh, um, We're continuing this week with our uh, sermon series of Messages From. and, And I'm Pastor Regina, and I'm glad to spend this few minutes with you this morning. We're nearing the end of our messages from God uh, as told through the stories of time-honored children's classic literature. The scriptural thread that connects all of these stories is found in three out of the four Gospels. And in Luke's Gospel it reads, But Jesus called them and said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Because children have a special place in God's heart and because God sees us all as beloved children, God reveals God's unconditional love to us in ordinary ways that we can understand. We're beginning to realize just how special we are to God and just how much God loves us as as we've heard the stories over the last few weeks. We're experiencing God's faithfulness as we allow ourselves to to become characters within these stories and to see how God reveals God's self to us through the actions of others. When we become too cynical or we begin to think too highly of ourselves, we fail to hear the voice of the one who created us, the one who created us for relationship, to be in relationship with God and with others along our journey. Again, today we are being invited to to listen as children and to discern how God is calling Good Shepherd to, to to open to the people in our community as we build relationships with them. We had a great opportunity to do that yesterday at the Garment and More giveaway. We We started a little bit slow, but it picked up, and we came to realize that we were given the opportunity to meet those God was sending our way and meeting the people who really need to connect. It was really exciting to see... Uh, particularly some of the children that were there, uh, one gentleman or one young man left with his first suit coat, and he was so excited to leave with that. And uh, 
we could all tell stories of just the excitement that we felt on, on the face. And, and to me, those were the eyes of God and building relationship with, with those folks that we came. We're learning how to, to uh, be in relationship and, and how our blessings and our stories interact with each other. As we connect our stories with the stories of others, together we join our relationship with God and celebrate the successes and our failures. It is through these connections that relationships are built and discipleship is increased. Max Lakato's You Are Special reminded us that God created all persons equal and that our worthiness is found in the love God has for us. Eli tells Puccinello that because you are mine, that is why you matter to me. We hear God say to us that every person matters to God, even when we may not feel we do or society tells us that we do not. Max Lucado's Children of the King continue to teach us just how much God wants to spend time with us in ordinary ways without pretense or arrogance or self-importance. When the king says to the little girl, there are times when I just want to be with my people and hear about their day, to laugh, to cry some. I just want to be their father. It reinforces the, it reinforces the thoughts. And as the king says, my dear, you gave the best gift of all. You gave me your heart, your kindness, your time, and your love. Of course you will be my child. I love you just the way you are. It solidifies that God simply wants to, to wants our heart and for us to, to be the best us that we can be. God loves us just the way we are. Max Lucado's Because I Love You taught us that the lessons that God knows us better than we know ourselves and loves us to, despite the choices we make, even when those choices may harm us or fall beyond the realm of God's will for us. We heard Shaddai say to Paladin, I want the children to stay because they want to, not because they have to. And in that we are reminded that God wants us to choose to follow God and to love God because we want to and not feel that we have to. And as Shaddai demonstrated his love for Paladin even before Paladin was lost beyond the walls of safety, we are reminded how God searches for us and walks along with us even when we choose to go beyond the boundaries of righteous living. God searches for us even before we know that we are lost and is present with us even before we realize that we need redemption. That's prophetic grace, folks. God hears our cries for help and welcomes us back into the arms of our Creator demonstrating God's unconditional love for us. Now today's story is a little different, maybe even a bit dark. It's an Oscar Wilde tale that, and is told in typical allegory fashion. As with all allegories, the, the message will break down at some point, but there are tidbits of truth along the way. As we hear the story, The Selfish Giant, may we look for ourselves May we look for the Big C Church and, and our responses as we read of a world of paradise found in a special garden. May we hear God's message in today's story. And may it renew our innate sense to connect with our Creator. May we once again hear as children hear and see as children see without bias and prejudice and through the eyes of the One who created each of us.
Every afternoon, they were, as they were coming from school, the children used to go and play in a giant's garden. It was a large, lovely garden with soft green grass. Here and there over the grass stood beautiful flowers like stars. And there were 12 peach trees that in the springtime broke into delicate blossoms of pink and pearl and in the autumn bore much fruit. The birds sat on the trees and sang so sweetly that the children used to stop their games and listen to them. How happy they are here, they cried. One day the giant came back. He had been for a visit to his friend, the Cornish Org, and he stayed with him for seven years. After the seven years were over, he had said to all, he had said all that he had to say, for his conversation was limited, and he determined, he was determined to return to his own castle. When he arrived, he saw the children playing in the garden. What are you doing here? he cried with a very gruff voice, and, and the children ran away. My own garden is my own garden, said the giant. Anyone can understand that, and I will allow nobody to play in it but myself. So he built a high wall around it and put up a notice board that said, Trespassers will be persecuted. He was a very selfish giant. The poor children had nowhere to play. They tried to play on the road, but the road was very dusty and full of hard stones, and they did not like it. They used to wander around the high wall when their lessons were over and talk about the beautiful garden inside. How happy we were there, they said to each other. Then the spring came, and all over the country there were little blossoms and little birds. Only the garden of the selfish giant, it was still winter. The birds did not care to sing in there, and there were no children, and the trees forgot to blossom. Once a beautiful flower put its head out from the grass, but it saw the notice board and was so sorry for the children that it slipped back into the ground and went back to sleep. The only people who were pleased at the snow and the frost was, were the snow and the frost. Spring has forgotten this garden, they said, so we will live here all year round. The snow covered up the grass in her great, with her great white cloak, and the frost painted all over the trees with silver. They, they were invited. He, they invited the north wind to stay with them, and he came. He was wrapped in fur, and he roared all day about the garden and blew the chimney pots down. This is a delightful spot, he said. We must ask Hell to visit. So Hell came. Every day for three hours, he rattled on the roof of the castle till it broke most of the slats, and then the rain. He, he ran around and around the garden as fast as he could. He was dressed in gray, and his breath was like ice. I can't under, understand why the spring was so late in coming, said the selfish giant, as he sat at the window and looked out at his white garden. I know there will be change in the weather, but spring never came, nor summer. The autumn gave golden fruit to every garden, but to the giant's garden she gave none. He is too selfish, she said. So it was always winter there. And the north wind and the hail and the frost and the snow danced about through the trees. One morning, the giant was laying awake in bed, and he heard some lovely music. It sounded so sweet to his ears that he thought it must be the king's musicians passing by. It was really only Lynette singing outside his window, but it was so long since he had heard a bird sing in the garden that it seemed to him to be the most beautiful music in the world. 
Then the hell stopped dancing over his head, and the north wind ceased roaring, and the delicious perfume came through an open casement. I believe spring has come at last. And he jumped out of the bed and looked out. What did he see? He saw the most beautiful sight. Through a little hole in the wall, the children had crept in, and they were sitting in the branches of the trees. In every tree he could see there was a little child, and the trees were so glad to have the children back again that they had covered themselves with blossoms and were waving their arms gently above the children's head. The birds were flying around, about and twittering with delight, and the flowers were looking up through the green grass and laughing. It was a lovely scene. Only in one corner it was still winter. It was the farthest corner of the garden, and in it was standing a little boy. He was so small that he could not reach to the branches of the tree, and he was, wa- he was wandering all around crying bitterly. The poor tree was still covered with frost and snow, and the north wind was blowing and roaring above it. Climb up, little boy, said the tree, and bent its branches down as low as he could, but the boy was still too tiny. And the giant's heart melted, and he looked out. How selfish I have been, he said. Now I know why spring would not come here. I will put the poor little boy atop of the tree, and then I will knock down the wall, and my garden will be the children's playground forever and ever. He was really very sorry for what he had done. So he crept downstairs and opened the front door softly and went into the garden. But when the children saw him, they were frightened and ran away, and the garden became winter again. Only the little boy did not run, for his eyes were so full of tears that he did not see the giant coming. And the giant stole up behind him, and took him gently in his hand and put him up into the tree. And the tree broke at once into a blossom. And the birds came and sang in it. And the little boy stretched out two arms and flung around the giant's neck and kissed him. And the other children, when they saw that the giant was not wicked any longer, came running back and with, him came the, with them came the spring. It's your garden now, little children. And he took the great axe and knocked down the wall. And when the people were going to the market at 12 o'clock, they found the giant playing with their children in the most beautiful garden they had ever seen. All day long they played, and in the evening they came to the giant and bid him goodbye. But where's your little companion, he said, the boy I put into the tree. The giant loved him best because he had kissed him. We don't know, answered the children. He has gone away. You must tell him to be sure to come tomorrow. But the children said they did not know where he lived and they had never saw him before. And the giant was very sad. Every afternoon when, the ch- when school was over, the children came and played with the giant. But the little boy who the giant loved was never seen again. The giant was very kind to all the children, yet he longed for his first friend and often spoke of them. How I would love to see him, he said. Years went by and the giant grew very old and feeble. He could not play about anymore, so he he sat in a big armchair and watched the children at their games and admired the garden. I have many beautiful flowers, he said, but the children are the most flowers of all. One winter morning, he looked out of his window and was as he was dressing. He did not hate the winter now, for he knew it was merely the spring asleep and that flowers were just resting. Suddenly, he rubbed his eyes in wonder and looked and looked. It certainly was a marvelous sight. In the farthest corner of the garden, in a tree covered with lovely white blossoms, 
Its branches were all golden. The silver fruit hung down from them. And underneath stood the little boy he loved. Downstairs round the giant, in great joy out into the garden, he hastened across the grass and came near to the child. And when he came quite close, his face grew red with anger. He said, Who hath dared wound thee? For on the palm of the child's hand were the prints of two nails. And the prints of two nails were on the little feet. Who hath dared wound thee? cried the giant. Tell me that I may take my big sword and slay him. Nay, answered the child. These are the wounds of love. Who art thou? said the giant. And strange awe fell on him. He knelt before the child. And the child smiled on the giant and said to him, You let me play once in your garden. Today you shall come with me to my garden, which is paradise. And when the children ran in that afternoon, they found the giant laying dead under the tree, all covered with white blossoms. My own garden is my own garden. How many times have we said that, or at least thought that sentiment? When we first hear this sentiment, we might think, well, the giant's right. It is his garden, and he has the right to do with it as he pleases. Yet upon further consideration of this statement, we can see the selfishness that dwells within the syntax and intent. At the ver- at the, as the story continues, we, we see how the selfish nature of the giant impacts the village, the children, and the very nature of the story itself. It is only after the appearance of the little child that the giant's nature changes and that story takes a positive turn. Sometimes we as the church see our own, as the, we as Christians see the church as our own personal garden. Whether it's the big C church who make decisions that affect denominations or, or local congregations who at times look too inwardly and fail to see that ministry needs beyond the doors of their building. The church selfishly claims their resources and locks the people of the community outside because they don't speak church ease. Or the church expects the community to adapt to our behavioral codes. We want the children or, or those who, have not been, who do not have a church home to come and play in our garden. And when, when we really, what we really need to do is to knock down the walls of our, so that our entire community may become the ch- church's playground. As John Wesley said, the world is my parish. When the children, again, those outside the doors, come, come too often we, we want them to come, but we, we want them to conform to our standards of behavior, understanding, and practices of faith. We don't want them to challenge our way of thinking or, or ways that things have always been done. We want them to play by our rules and fall into our line of thinking, and, and we want the things to, to be like they've always been or even when the things have, that we've always done may not be working out so well. Now, Good Shepherd United Methodist Church has demonstrated that, that we're ready for differing perspectives, new ways of doing things, and challenges that must be, must be overcome. We're walking this road of transition, and hopefully we're listening to the voice of, of others while discerning God's will as, as God guides us along this journey of this new thing that is Good Shepherd. 
May we continue to dream God-sized dreams as as we become the go-to United Methodist Church in the area. And we become debt-free by 2023. God loves us. Because we are loved, we should love our neighbors. We are not any better than our neighbors in the sight of God. Even Christ as God's Son didn't claim to be better than humanity, but demonstrated the love for the lost, the lonely, the sick, and the marginalized. We, my friends, are called to do the same. When we read the commandments of God, they summarize, it's summarized in one word, and that word is love. Love your neighbors as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's found in Romans 13.10. Greater than the love of the king for the village. Greater than the love of the giant for the children. The love for Shaddai for Paladin and the love of Eli for the Wemmicks. God loves us infinitely more. God loves us enough to send God's Son to be wounded for our transgression. And God says to each of us, these are the wounds of love. When the absence of God is in our life and it threatens to allow the coldness of winter to, to overtake our entire being, may the springtime that, Christ, that the Christ child brings fill our lives with the beauty and peace and warmth of love. May Christ bring into us the unabashed joy of children and may we share the joy with the people in our community as we learn to see all people as Christ sees us. Our lives, our community, our church is but the earthly garden of God with which we have been entrusted for a little while. May we give honor to its owner so that the end we may hear the words, You let me play in your garden once. Today you shall come with me to my garden, which is paradise. As we move into the God-sized dream that is Good Shepherd, May we remember that sometimes we must look beyond our human-sized self and see the beauty and grace that God has for us. When you come to the table of grace this morning, come expecting to meet God. Come knowing that you can experience God's grace, maybe for the first time or maybe for the gazillionth time. God is here. Come join the feast. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth is full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are assisting in communion this morning will come join me.
This is not the United Methodist table. This is not Good Shepherd's table. This is Christ's table, and all are invited. We do have gluten-free options. Uh, We will take by intention this morning. A piece of bread will be broken off. You may dip it in the cup. If you choose, you may spend some time at the altar. We do have individual servings if you're not comfortable with intention. But all are invited to this table of grace. Amen.
tell the world that Christ is alive and lives within you and show the world that love. Amen. Go with God. You're just